Hello, Character Arc listeners! Welcome to Character Arcana, our new monthly Dungeons & Dragons play podcast, where you'll follow a party of hardy adventurers on their quest. I'm your Dungeon Master, Richard Bertelson. Joining me today is Abby Bryington. I am 31-year-old Alabaster Chernobyl, a white dragonborn paladin from the Arcanos capital. I stand six foot five. My armor is as gold as my hair, but don't mistake these aesthetically pleasing scales for weakness. After my former paladin order, the bros, slaughtered my beloved, my fire element turned to ice. Ice, baby. Also joining me, Nick Slayick. Mendel Sands is a human war cleric with blue eyes, dirty blonde hair, and a matching beard of luxurious thickness. The holy man with hammer in hand, Mendel loves a good fight, a beautiful woman, and a glass of wine. Wielding his two-handed warhammer, Mendel is on a path of redemption after leaving the Sentinels, a mercenary group from Darendale dedicated to providing muscle for hire to anyone with enough gold and the worship of the god Helm. Now Mendel spends most of his days slinking from tavern to tavern in search of his next wineskin refill and working the odd job just to make ends meet. Also, also joining me, Ted Hong. I'm Doug Saucepots, a tiefling rogue. I grew up along the streets of Darendale, a city ruled by corrupt and feuding nobles. Me and my fellow shadow hands would earn a living by performing the most unsavory jobs for the city's nobles. After a job gone wrong, I found myself stowed away in a merchant's cart. That cart led me to a quaint southern halfling village of Barrow Hill, where I was taken by a kindly halfling man, Sonny Saucepots. Living with his family gave me a new purpose, as they loved me as their own, and instilled a love of cooking. All was good until some years later that the village was ransacked by an unknown force. My new family and many others were slaughtered, and I lost everything. First, I'm going to give you guys a little introduction to the world. We start on the continent of Astabor, in a little kingdom to the west. Um, recently, this kingdom has been occupied by the Arcanos Legion. The Legion is the closest example of it in our world would be the Roman Empire. So they've kind of taken over a lot of the known world. Um, they are a kingdom of Drow people. They're dark elves. They're elves with like purplish blue skin. Um, they are sensitive to the sunlight, so they wear this really big wide-brimmed armored hat uh, that has razor blades around the edge of it. Um, think Kung Lao from Mortal Kombat. Uh, um, they're all, all Kung Lao. <laughs> okay. They tend to be a very militaristic society, but they're not necessarily evil. People in this kingdom view them in different ways. Some people see them as great ep economic opportunities, and some people see them as an occupying force. So there's not one opinion on these guys. Uh, they did not have to take Ostabor by force. Ostabor was willingly handed over by the king. The king decided that it was better to avoid bloodshed and just become part of the empire. The thing about Ostabor is they are also home to Bahamut's Resplendent Order, or Bro, a order of paladins who operate independent of the crown. They, they, they're not part of any government. But they're well revered because they serve the purpose of settling disputes in the kingdom. So lots of people respect them a lot because they seem to be an impartial judge and jury for any number of small things, either between cities or even between small folk. They're essentially Jedi. They're just not as cool. They're everybody's, um, <laughs> they're everybody's bro. Yeah. So as our, as our journey starts, Doug booked passage on the Sea Monkey, Alabaster's ship. He's coming up from the south. They're going to make a stop at Fairyweather. Fairyweather is a halfling city. It is a trade city. It's right on the shore. 
so it's not your common halfling city. Uh, it does have hobbit holes and stuff like that, but by the harbor district, there are lots of inns and places where people of every different race would come because this is where most of goods off continent come onto this continent or where most people leave. The Sea Monkey docks at Fairyweather, it's pretty much the middle of the night. Alabaster comes up and docks. She kind of just wants to take a rest. Doug is eager to continue to investigate what happened to his adoptive halfling family just recently, uh, but he knows that they don't really have another job right now, so they don't have a lot of funds. So they're here to rest for the night, maybe see if they can pick up an odd job or not. So they they dock the ship, they get off, and they go to the nearest inn in the harbor district. The nearest inn is the Squid and the Squalor. Squid and Squalor is, you know, a place for travelers and just all different sorts. You'll see any number of different races and uh peoples of different religious backgrounds here. Right now, though, it's so late at night that there's not a whole lot of people here. Who is here is a halfling bartender. He's off by the bar. And in a far sort of distant corner is a human. He is dressed in some chainmail armor. He seems to be having a great time uh, with a big glass of wine in front of him. This is Mendel, our cleric. He is sitting in front of a paladin. Uh, he's dressed in the Resplendent Order armor, which Alabaster, you would definitely recognize because he used to be a part of this order. Not only do you recognize that, but you recognize that this guy is Richter. Um, Richter is, you know, a pretty high-ranking paladin. Wherever Richter is, the actual leadership of the paladins is sure to be nearby. And at the bar, the only other person in the bar is a Dro, a dark elf member of the Legion. He's dressed in leather armor with some bronze plating. He walks up to the bartender and he says, I require two red wines and a stein of beer to continue our drinking game, which I am told is quite enjoyable. I am inebriated. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. Coming right up. And he gives him those. He gives him the three drinks, and the uh, the dro walks back to the table where Richter clearly like stumbling over and having a hearty laugh with Mendel, Doug, and Alabaster. So you guys come in. There's the bartender. There's this group of people. Well, two of them seem pretty drunk. One of them seems pretty dry. But said he was engaged in the drinking game. What do you guys want to do? Alabaster, right? Can I get you a drink? <laughs> Some ale, some mead. I would love some mead. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go right on over. So Doug's going to go up to the bar. What can I get you? Two meads, please. Two meads coming right up. And, um, uh, and a question for you. Uh, he starts uh, pouring from the tap. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I was wondering if you heard of anything about uh, Barrow Hill. Barrow Hill. Well, it's a shame what happened down those parts. I hear it was quite a tragedy. You know, You know who did it? I uh, can't say that I do. Can't say that I do either, but here's your two. Terrible here's your, things. Here's your meads. Uh, let's cut over to the table where... I was say, as you guys say, uh, as you guys hand the gold over to the bartender, you hear a loud roar from the back corner. <laughs> oh, hey, look. These are the two right here. I told you they'd be showing up. Uh, and he waves you guys over to the table. Alabaster asks the bartender... What's the deal with these guys? The the dark elf gentleman and the paladin, they're here on official business. Um, and that other gentleman, he came in just recently, but he's on, he's he's doing good work. I can tell you that he's doing some good work. You hear another really loud, 
Richter, who is the paladin at the table, he says, "Are we gonna do? Are we gonna do the shot, bro? Are we gonna? Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna do it? Uh, can, can we pound? I'll pound my beer if you pound your wine, huh? Huh? He's very tipsy right now. He tries to get up to get another drink, and he kind of stumbles a lot, but he does eventually make it to the bar. Wow, this fine gentleman is tipsy, turvy. I walk over to the table and I ask the cleric." What? Mendel looks at this this dragonborn that's sauntered up to him, and he kind of looks her up and down, and he says, This is exactly what I've promised you, gentlemen. Uh, this is my friend here, uh, and our little horned friend over there will join us in just a moment. Richter has already gotten another sign of beer from the bar, and he starts stumbling back to his table where Alabaster and the Dro and Mendel are, and he's kind of spilling some on his way, and he's like... Damn, it's a tall drink of dragon. Uh, as the paladin stumbles back over to the table, uh, Mendel takes a large swig from his wine glass and motions for the dragonborn to sit next to him. Why don't you two introduce yourselves to my paladin and dro friend here? I am exactly what you see. And I'm very tired. So let's make this quick. How about you, my little horny friend? <laughs> well, I'm Doug, Doug Saucepots. Pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm here uh, looking to see what I can do for some for some coin. Well, and, uh, Doug. And to add my cookbook. You got any good recipes? Dudes, dudes, dudes. I'm Richter. I'm a paladin. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That uh, I totally cool, dap sir. up. I go for the dap up uh, for for Richter. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, uh, the Dro just turns his head without moving his body in any way, shape, or form and says, I am Daedalus. I am here on official business, and I am quite inebriated. I go for the dap up for Daedalus. <laughs> he looks at your hand. <laughs> All right, that's kind of what I expected. Uh, are you two ready uh, to play this drinking game so that we can get on with our job this evening? Well, what is this here drinking game? Let's just get it over with, Doug. Oh, yeah. Um, Richter, right. <laughs> Richter just goes, all right, dudes, it's really complicated, all right? So you have to drink it as fast as you can. He just looks at you guys. Oh, this is quite a game. <laughs> <laughs> that, see? That's exactly We're going to drink as fast as we can. <laughs> Richter's already finished his beer, and he just, his head just hits the table. Do you guys drink? Absolutely. Mendel immediately downs his entire glass of wine. All right, Mendel, make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> My first roll of the podcast is a nat fucking 20. Oh. <laughs> Mendel makes eye contact with the two of you as he finishes in his, his entire red wine. Yeah. And just doesn't seem faced by it in any way, shape, or form. As, a, as Richter falls to the, the table, I give out a hearty, ha-ha! You're next, Daedalus! And I go for the dap up again for Daedalus. <laughs> He looks at your hand, but this time he nods. I'll take it. <laughs> um, Doug, do you drink? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll drink. Okay, make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Chug, 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 got... chug, chug. Cool, I got a 12. Among cheers of chug, 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 chug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Doug downs it. 
He doesn't pass out, but he f- he's feeling it a little bit. Um, he's got the burps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely more than he was expecting this night. Whoa. Uh, this, uh, this mead. Some fine quality mead here. Alabaster, Good job, you... my little horned friend. I go for the dap up. Doug looks at the hand and reaches over and palms. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, work, we'll work on that. Alabaster, do you drink? I take a tiny sip and I glare over my mead at everyone. <laughs> the dark elf looks over at Alabaster and then looks over to Mendel and says, why does this one not partake with the vigor that I do? Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, she is just testing you. She wants to see how much you can drink before she downs her whole beverage. Make a persuasion check for me. <laughs> do you get 20? I got another nat 20! Okay, he has a loaded dice. I do. I have, this Come is, on. I have a loaded dice, apparently. We'll take it. Okay, so the, uh, the dark elf, he accepts that, and he does another nod, and he drinks his drink. I have enjoyed this evening. And he passes out at the table. <laughs> Uh, Mendel laughs joyously and claps his hands together. Thank you. Thank both of you for joining me this evening. This is exactly the fun I needed. The bartender comes out from behind the bar. He goes to the front door and he locks it. He turns over to Mendel and he says, Well, thank you. That was uh, work well done. Now I can let you in on, on the second part. Are these two going to join you? Um, I have a job that is very important, and I, I'm, I can pay you. I can pay you quite a lot. You see, I am the mayor of this fine town, a Harold Hundlebum, Hundlebum at your service. Hundlebum. Hundlebum. You have to say Hundlebum. I mean, I feel like you're saying it wrong, but we'll, we, <laughs> we will continue. Hundlebum. Uh, Hundlebum. <laughs> Are these fine folk with you, Mendel? Of course, absolutely. These guys are my newest best friends. Uh, uh, scaly and horny. What What were your names again? Alabaster. A- Alabaster and... Uh, I'm, I'm Doug. Doug. Alabaster and Doug. They they are the best men for the job. The mayor is kind of like, he's he's wringing his hands a little bit. He's a little nervous, but he's, he's also very excited to see that there are three people here now. It is a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Um, so these two fellas here, as you know, the uh, Paladins and the Legion, they do not get along. So what I did was I tried to put an end to the whole bickering thing so that our land could be at peace. Because you see, we I'm the mayor of a trading city. And if this country's at war, then the city don't get so much trade, right? So I need these people. Mendel just starts chugging another glass of wine. <laughs> Make a constitution. <laughs> I got a 20. All right, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <clears throat> I broke it a piece between the two leaders of this organization. They came in advance of their armies. And so I set them up in our lighthouse. Uh, the signifier is a nice old tower that exists right by the harbor. There's a little stone bridge that goes to it. And I wanted the two leaders to meet and see if they can't come to an understanding so that we might avoid war. Uh, these two fellas here in this bar, they are the seconds in command. These two gentlemen, 
if the signal fire was lit, then they were supposed to go get the armies, and that was a signal that it was time to, to tell everyone what agreement they, they met. But the thing is, the two leaders, Lord Benedict and Legionnaire Zris, yeah, they're dead. Um, they are both dead inside the tower right now, and I need, and the, and the fire is lit. So, if these, if these two gentlemen had seen that the fire was lit, then all the armies would come, and they would see that both of their leaders are dead, and a war would almost certainly start. So what I need is an impartial group of people to go in there and figure out how the hell these two people died. They were alone in their negotiations. They were alone? There is a... Oh my god, that's amateur hour right there. <laughs> There's only one way that two people alone in a room die together, and that is Romeo and Juliet-style love suicide. Romeo who? I think you mean Romulus and Julian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for copyright reasons, of course. The famous bard's tale of our time? Um... <laughs> There is a lighthouse keeper, a man who, who mans the signal tower, but he's the sweetest old man. Um, he, he's, he lives alone, and the, the signal tower has been a beacon for all travelers for decades. And he, he befell tragedy recently. Ever since then, he's mostly just kept to himself. Uh, his name is Cyril. My money's on Cyril. I hope Cyril? 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 Cyril. 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 Oh, like C. Like lighthouse over the C roll. Yeah, no, but yeah. Because I want to move on. Um, <laughs> this man's got sass. We call it molasses. <laughs> it's slow, but it sure is thick. Cyril <laughs> lost his... He, he had a wife and some children. The wife passed... Uh, about a decade ago, and and the children not long after. Um, he's was it from typhoid fever? We, it was an illness. Um, probably not typhoid fever because I don't know what that is. How do you know? Just... Well, maybe it was typhoid because I don't know what that is. So I really need because the 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 fire is lit. What I need is someone to look into these these here deaths so that so that when the armies get here. Which, even though these two are knocked out right now, for which I thank you very much, Mendel, but eventually the armies will see the fire. So I need you to get in there and figure out how did these guys die and prove, hopefully, that it wasn't one of the other's bad doings so that we can still continue the peace talks. And maybe put out the fire, too, because it is this ghastly blue flame, and that just ain't the color that the signal fire normally is. So something is afoot. And uh, where's this good soul, uh, Cyril? Uh, we don't know. He was in the tower, but we did not see his body, though. He was not dead when we, we went in. But we haven't seen him anywhere. Well, I don't know how well that I'll be at solving a case, but I guarantee you this one, uh, and he points at, at Alabaster, this one right here is the smartest detective that you could ever come across. Is that right? Well, aren't I lucky? But really, no, I'm not, because my city's about to be ravaged by war, so if you guys could get going, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Mendel downs another glass of wine. 
I think you should wrap these two up like a giant burrito. You gotta save on the linens. You mean the Lord Commander of the Paladins and the Proconsul of the Legionnaires? Yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll set up a narrative where they're in bed together, they got drunk, and when they wake up, they're in the same bed, wrapped up together. <laughs> <laughs> and then they don't even know what's going on or what they did. I go for the dap up. Uh, Palm. Doug palms it once again. (laughs) He actually pulls out a little notepad and starts writing that down. He's like, I think that that's probably a good second option, but I'd really appreciate it if you guys found out what happened. (laughs) Huzzah! Mendel Mendel gives a a fist up in the air and uh, he says, have no fear. Team Mendel is here. There'll be at least 100 gold for each one of you. 100 gold. Mendel, All right. Mendel starts walking for the door. I just give Richter a quick little kick. <laughs> for no reason. You, you kick out the blacked out body of the second in command of yes. the Paladins. Yes. <laughs> he, um, he vomits a little bit. Like it just kind of <laughs> squeezes out. And I shove the vomit back in his mouth. <laughs> and, we, and we shuffle out. <laughs> On your uh, on your way out of the bar, Mendel kind of pats you both on the back, and he says, <laughs> "You two came in at the right time. Thank you both. You really, really saved my ass there." You'll probably owe us soon. <laughs> I love owing a favor to a a beautiful woman. He tries to give you a kiss, and I scratch your face. <laughs> I like them feisty. So you guys head towards the signal tower. The signal tower is visible for most of the city. Also, Alabaster has uh, sailed these routes many times, and that is the way that that's the beacon that sends you here. So you guys can head right there. Um, when you go to the harbor, just north of the harbor, after all the docks are, uh, you know, there's no more docks and stuff like that. There's this outcrop of of cliff face, and there's this little stone bridge that kind of crawls out into this little island. That's kind of a tall island, and on it is a stone tower. The stone towers, you know, for a tower, it's it's not it's not particularly wide or anything, but it is very tall. And at the very top of it is a pyre uh, built of you know uh, pitch and wood and stuff like that. And right now it is it is burning with this raging fire of blue flame. As you guys walk across the stony bridge, you do pass um, three tombstones just right before the tower's door. So the tombstones are for Alana, Alana Cornhollow. Um, she died about 10 years ago, you can tell by the, by the dates on the tombstones. And also two smaller tombstones, one for Alfie. You can tell by the date range that that, was only, that, that person only lived about six years. And for Carrie Cornhollow, um, you can tell by the dates that, that that halfling only lived about eight years. And How old was Alana? Alana was about 50. And so you this guys... strikes it, a chord. Actually... As I look at the tombstone, uh, Doug clenches his fist in, in rage. As, uh, as Doug has his moment, uh, Mendel walks over to the two smaller tombstones and... N- gets down on one knee and puts one hand on each tombstone uh, and has a moment to himself before he continues to walk forward. This, the, seeing this sight clearly struck a chord with uh, two of our heroes. Uh, Doug says nothing. Mendel, are you okay? Oh, me? <laughs> I'm fine. I just hate to see the loss of a good soul. 
he gives you a, a, a thumbs up. The adventurers head towards the door of the tower. Um, as they approach the door of the tower, someone roll me a perception check. Or everyone roll me a perception check. Either way, you guys want to do it. I, with my modifier, got a 20. 20. 21. All right. 17. What uh, Doug and Mendel notice when they approach is they hear the sound of laughter. Actually, like, kind of joyous sounds coming from inside. It is... It's not a big crowd by any means. It's maybe maybe just two people, but they seem to be enjoying themselves. That's for sure. <laughs> Somebody must have a good song and some wine. Mendel kind of starts to hurry more towards the door with a giddy excitement. Do you guys go in? Do you guys wait Can outside? Can I look around to see like sure. what like other entry points? Uh, give me an investigation check. Here we go. Oh no, oh, I'm clearly blind. I'm three. A three? Yeah. I mean, you I do mean, wear glasses. I, I mean, you can't see any way to enter, certainly not easily, other than the door. Okay, so just a quick glance. <laughs> There's uh, some stones, and you count like 50 stones. There might even be more stones that make up the stone walls of this thing. <laughs> Alabaster, did you want to do anything as I walked up to the door? I'll just watch. You just watch. Yeah. I, I knock on the door then very... It's wooden stone, right? It's just like a lighthouse. With the... Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's, a, it's a cobblestone exterior um, in, a, in a wooden door. And Any windows? You failed your investigation check. Dang. Pretty yeah. hardcore. Even if you got a moderate score, I probably would have told you. But <laughs> That there looks like... There, a... are, there, are, there, there are windows. It's a tower. Yeah. You didn't think to use them in any way. <laughs> Doug is tired. <laughs> um, so Mendel knocks on the door. Nothing happens. Mendel bangs on the door very loudly. You can you continue to hear, <laughs> oh, but n nothing happens. Mendel kicks down the door. Give me a strength check. <laughs> oh no! Oh, God damn it! See, I told you guys I was a nat one. So Mendel <laughs> breaks his full ankle. force. Kicks the door. The door kind of vibrates and bends from the force of it. But Mendel, it pushes Mendel back on his ass. Ow! My foot! What in tarnation? Let me, let me have that. It. Mendel is laying on the ground holding his foot kind of like the way a child would. What you guys can, what you guys can tell is that even from that, no one noticed anything. Can I just go and peek my head in? Can I try the doorknob first? It's not locked. You can open the door. <laughs> you want to just peek inside? Yeah. Yeah, you can peek inside. Uh, so <laughs> I should have thought of that first, my scaly friend. You peek inside and you see uh, the, the ground floor of this tower is, it has a, a large round table at the center with a nice rug. Um, there are two chairs at the table. There's a, there's a hearth, uh, a fireplace at the far end. And there's some books. There's some bookshelves and stuff, but this seems like... This room is for official business, like no one necessarily lives here. And, but at the table, the large table in the center with the two chairs on opposite ends of it, there are indeed two bodies sitting in them. They are dead. One would appear to be Benedict, the leader of the, the Lord Commander of the Paladins. And people are laughing around them? 
and uh, Zuris, the the leader of the the proconsul of the legion. Um, but no, you do not see anyone laughing around them. You do not see anything else in the room. The room is completely still. What do you see, my scaly friend? First of all, you got to keep your voice down, okay? What am I gonna mess up the laughing? <laughs> try, try to be a little bit more subtle. I'll show you subtle. <laughs> Mendel pushes past Alabaster and walks into the room. So what so, do you see? I see dead people. <laughs> uh, Mendel, uh, Mendel, you can give me you can give me a perception check or an investigation check, whatever's whatever's higher. I I got a twenty something. All right, so what you also notice, I mean, the <laughs> that's, room... That's my math, 20-something. 20 20-something. 20 it's fine, it passes, obviously. Um, you guys are level one. There's no check that's going to be 30. Uh, <laughs> unless I just really don't want you to do it. Um, so you, I mean, you see the same thing. Like, it's a pretty official, like, meeting place for these two. It's clearly set up for them. But what you also see is they're both holding identical daggers. Like, they're, they're full flat, like, they're sitting in the chairs, but their torsos and their heads are dead laying on the, um, on the table. And they're, but they're both holding identical daggers. The daggers are, they're, they're like blue. They have, they're, they look like they're steel, like they have the shimmer of steel, but they have a blue dye to them that kind of shimmers. And you can kind of see that both parties had, have slit throats. I told you guys this was a Romeo, Ro, Ro, Romano and Giulietano uh, <laughs> Italiano. moment. Uh, Mendel walks over uh, and kind of uses his foot to push the paladin. Doug steps in. There weren't even any guards outside. That's kind of peculiar. Um, the the paladin just kind of slumps off the chair and hits the ground. The dagger falls out of his hand. Doug goes to take a look at the dagger. Uh, this looks like a blue flame dagger. What's a blue flame dagger? I don't know. It's one-handed and it's magical. Uh, there, I don't know. I'm getting a, a weird feeling with this one. It, it seems a little unclear to me. This dagger clearly has other specific magical properties, but... He or any of you, you can't decipher quite what they are yet. Like, you, none of you have the ability to know what these magical properties are. You can kind of sense them, but you don't know what they mean. Mimbel looks over to, uh, to Alabaster. You, my friend, you are a, you're a paladin, right? Correct. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you touch this thing and... Tell if it's a, tell if tell us if it's evil or not. Can I touch it and use divine sense? You absolutely can. Doug hands over the blue flame dagger. Directly above you, you get a ping of evil. Evil is in this tower. You can probably assume the dagger was used by the evil thing that's here. You said there were two. There are two. Doug goes for the other, other dagger. <laughs> Doug takes the other dagger. There is a staircase on the far side that kind of starts to spiral up the wall of the tower. But as you guys are all discussing um, what you've just found, the hearth lights also in a blue flame. So the fireplace ignites in a blue flame. And in the blue glow of this new light source, you see 
the blue silhouette of two spirits. Great Sheba's ghost, what the fuck? Mendel literally jumps backwards. Mendel jumps back at the sight of these two spirits appearing. One is indeed the uh, proconsul Zris and the Lord Commander uh, Benedict. They are dancing together and laughing. <laughs> and they're having just the greatest time dancing and swaying and they seem to be enjoying themselves. Now, as we say this, even though Alabaster, you don't like the paladins, you know there is no way this is a natural, like even in the afterlife, whether this is the afterlife or some recording, there's no way this is natural, that there is, Benedict, he, when you were in the order, he was the hardest of hard asses and he hated the dro. No what, giggling, no dancing. Whatever no happened dro. here, whatever you're seeing, it it's is an not, illusion. it's not normal. I, I was just almost convinced it was it was more of a, a love suicide thing. Can I go take a look at the fireplace? And sure. See what the heck is going on? Doug, do not believe anything you see. I wouldn't get too close to that fireplace, my friend. It Doug is obviously haunted. Doug approaches the fireplace. Does Doug see anything? You can give me an insight check or an investigation check or an Arcana check. Uh, Pick one. Oh, it's an eight. Man, what am I rolling right now? I mean, this is honestly, it's definitely hot like fire. Everyone, this does look like a normal fireplace to me. I don't know what intonation's going on here. All right, let me take a peek at it. Mendel, Mendel does that thing where people kind of like inch closer to things by putting one foot out and then like scooting. Like he <laughs> and, he, and he holds his hammer in front of him the whole time as he gets closer and closer. The, uh, the fire... I mean, the fire doesn't really react to you, but as its light spreads across the room, nothing really happens with the spirits. Um, but the f the the blue light does kind of start to encompass the room. Give me an insight or investigation or arcana, uh, which will be a twenty-two. Nice. The fire doesn't act weird like a fire. I mean, you guys can already deduce that it's magical because it revealed these spirits to you. But what it also reveals to you are these runes um, scrawled across they start to light up also blue these runes appear on the wall like someone scrawled them out and they move their way across the room and they move their way up the staircase uh, these runes are you can tell because you've all lived in this world that they're elven do any of you speak I elven? Do. you speak i Elvish. speak elven <clears throat> okay <laughs> so what you can tell that they say is um Love, peace, the end. And they just repeat. Love, peace, the end. Guys, love, I, peace, the end. I really think this was just a double love suicide. It's, the evidence is just continuing to stack up here. Uh, it, says, it says love, peace, and, uh, and the end. There is no understanding. Never mind. <laughs> just uh, an old southern thing you know we uh give uh the old three right love peace and understanding <laughs> no no they de definitely said the end it's just the end the that's end it? no okay. yeah i'm assuming that's when they slit their throats maybe after a passionate kiss one says peace another says love and, and then just the end the end uh i think i'm gonna go up and take a look over uh upstairs <laughs> 
I like that idea. I'll cover Doug six. So Doug starts walking up the stairs. Um, Alabaster very vigilantly walks backwards up the stairs behind him, holding her sword out, covering a six. Uh, Mendel, you follow them. I I bring up the rear, watching Alabaster. So walk so. Backwards. <laughs> Alabaster and Mendel are pretty much making eye contact now. <laughs> But Doug walks up the stairs. Doug, you come to the second floor, which is much more of a regular living quarters. Like, in the far corner, there are two double beds, but they're pushed together, actually. Sort of I Love Lucy style. Well, this will be good for uh, Daedalus and Richard. But that's not all you see. <laughs> um, in the center is an armchair and a little table, and there's, like, a little candle on the table. There's some bookcases. and But you see that behind... The chair, which actually the chair is facing away from you, so you see him immediately. He's hiding from something else. This is a small halfling old man cowering behind the chair, looking ahead of him, which is also ahead of you, at this door, which is being pounded. It's being pounded and pounded. You can see the door shake and shake and shake. And uh, the, the old halfling man is like, oh, God, oh, God, no, oh, God, no. Can I stand in front of the door? So, uh, Alabaster rushes forward and places herself in front of the door. It is holding for now. You, you feel it pounding against you, but something is trying to get out really badly. Doug rushes over to the halfling. Hey, good sir, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, I was supposed to host the, uh, the, the peace talks, and um, they got here, and then uh, another person arrived, and I thought maybe it was supposed to be like a, a guard or something, because that makes perfect sense. I don't know why no one thought of that, but it wasn't. Um, um, this, this elf guy, he, he just went straight to the top, and, and then suddenly those, the, the, the two, the, the legion, the legionnaire and the, uh, the paladin, they just... They slit their own throats, and they died. I mean, they seem like they're happy, weirdly enough, but but then uh, my, my, my poor kids, like, they've been gone a long time, and I have their stuff still. Uh, they had this really nice toy that I bought them from a trader coming from the ruins in the south, this, and it's like this very large... Uh, it's supposed to be... Uh, an automated entertainer of some kind, but it never worked. I, I just, like, it never did anything. So I just threw it in there and left it be. But once the fires lit and all this weird stuff started happening, it it came alive and now it's trying to kill me. Uh, please that, stop it. Please don't let it kill me. Is that what's behind the door? Yes, it's trying to get out. <laughs> is it alone? As far as I know, there's nothing else in there. Nothing else came alive that I know of. Mendel says, stand back, everyone. I have the perfect plan. Is there... As It's pounding against the door. Uh, Alabaster is still holding it back, but it's pounding and it's pounding. It's pounding Alabaster. <laughs> From behind. She's, she's used to a good pounding. Yeah, I take it like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> as Mendel's getting ready, Doug asks, uh, was there anything else that's weird? Anything else? Everything was, everything was going, like the mayor asked me to host these guys and everything went normal. It was, it's when that elf showed up. Is, is when this thing came to life and they killed themselves. Is and, the elf still here? Uh, he never came back down from the top. All right, uh, my little devil friend. You go and you stand on that side of the door. My 
Scaled goddess, you are gonna stand on the other side of the door, and I am gonna use a spell to unlock it, and all three of us are gonna rush this this thing as soon as it comes into the room. Zero rat, zero. I think you should get on out of here. Will my home be okay? Probably not, sir. Uh, I plan on getting buck wild. Uh, Mendel clutches his uh, two-handed warhammer very tight. Can't make no promises. You best get on out of here. Make me a persuasion check. No! Can I roll that again? <laughs> no, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> um, uh, Cyril says, I, I'm just really worried about my home. He went out of harm's way, but he's watching. All right, I guess good enough. Doug makes his way over to the one side of the, the door, as Mendel has suggested. So does the bastard. <laughs> Mendel looks at you both as he uh, as he clutches his warhammer. Are you ready, my friends? Uh, Doug clutches the blue flame dagger in one hand. Actually, both, since I can... Oh, interesting. I'm just flexing my hands. Do whatever you're going to do. All right. Uh, like getting ready for fisticuffs. Mendel casts... Thaumaturgy. We're, we're going to go with that as the saying of the spell. Uh, you can correct us if we're wrong. Or don't. Or don't. Uh, and I'm going to use that to open the door. So you guys get into position. You guys are all on uh, kind of opposite walls. They're, yeah. they're on either side of the door, and I'm standing right in front of it. Okay. So Mendel casts a spell. The door flies open, and in front of you is this tall humanoid machine. And he says... Hello, my name is Loot. Loot stands for Living <laughs> Ultimate Technological Entertainer. I'm a robotic bard. Huzzah! And I you've all been very naughty. Everyone roll initiative. <laughs> we don't get we don't get a, a surprise round. He was trying to get out of the room anyway. All you did was let him out of the room. He was trying to get out of. <laughs> if he had kicked down the door. Well, they're behind him. Like if he came out, did he see like is he just in front of me and they're behind him? Like, oh, yeah. like, was, how far has he stepped out? That of was the, the whole. He's just in the doorway. He's oh. just in the doorway. Oh. So he can't see us right now. He can't see me. And he just sees me. Yeah. Yeah. We're so I team. roll initiative with him then. Okay, fine. The two of you, the two, uh, Doug and Chernobyl can have, or Doug and Alabaster can have a, an opportunity attack or action of some kind. Let's do that first then, and then we'll all roll initiative. That's how you. That's how you talk down your DM. <laughs> I'm not going to make you guys roll a separate initiative for the sneak attacks or for the surprise round. Doug will definitely have a higher dexterity because he's a rogue. So what do you want to do before initiative starts? I'll wait for him to clear the doorway and then I'll kind of get him from the back. You're going to hold a reaction that if he steps forward, you stab him in the back. Yes. Okay. So you're holding a reaction right now because you can't reach his back. But if he steps forward, you will stab him in the back. Yes. Gotcha. Alabaster, what do you do? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Does he have nards? No. It's, no? it's, it's real remember. smooth down there. That's my go-to. It's real yeah. smooth. Why do you know this so intimately? It's not I mean, just smooth. It's so smooth. It's so smooth, right? It is really... like It's the like most... well-oiled. It is the most polished part of the metal. It is like... <laughs> Slippery. Like if you touch it, your hand just flies forward. It's oh! <laughs> really lubed. <laughs> wow. Loot is lubed. Well, can I just take out his legs. You can't do something that's, you can attack him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to just attack him? Mm -hmm. All right, you get to attack and you, I'm gonna give you advantage because he doesn't know you're there. 19. So the trident lands and hits loot in the leg. Loot says, well, that was rude. And uh, everyone roll initiative. 
<laughs> that was rude. 22 for my initiative. Ah, oh, damn, he beat me. I got 19. <laughs> I told you I'd combat you. Yeah. I come in a close third with a one. <laughs> you come in fourth. fourth. <laughs> Which is actually sad because loot rolled a four. <laughs> so it would have been pretty easy to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> you you can say fuck Abby. It's Mendel's turn. Ha ha! Mendel, uh, who was clutching his his warhammer, uh, raises a palm towards the robot. Uh, a flame-like radiance descends from the ceiling upon our little robotic friend in the doorway, uh, and he must make a dexterity save. You got a 14. 15 is what he needed to beat, so he fails. What happens? His dexterity save, so he takes 1d8 radiant damage. Uh, 10 total damage. My plating is toasty. Take that, you little metal freak! What is this light? Naughty, I say. Naughty! <laughs> oh, this uh, robot is oddly pleasant. That makes it Doug's turn. I'm still behind the doorway. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. holding an action. I mean, you can yeah. take your turn, or you can continue to hold that action. I'll hold. Okay, you're gonna hold. Yeah. Everyone else is. That the, makes it Loot's bigger. turn. Loot does step forward, so I will give Doug his attack. Just rolling a d20. Love of God, let me roll something good. It's a nine. <laughs> you have an offhand weapon, though. Okay, so I can do another. So one. you do swing one dagger. And it misses. Okay. And you swing another. Hiya! Oh. It's a 12. Still doesn't hit. God damn. So, uh, Useless this round. Lude steps forward. Uh, Why are you just standing there, my little horny friend? Do uh, something! Doug is tired. Doug I can't. kicks the door closed behind him and does this two, one, two, ha ha! Attack, but somehow misses both legs or anywhere near him. Doug comments to himself, damn. Doug is tired. Doug can't blame Doug. <laughs> I don't care if you But it is still Lou's turn. Lou does not lose his turn. And so what he does is he places one gargantuan foot down hard, like he lifts it up and stomps it, and then lifts the other one up and stomps it. And this robotic bard casts Thunder Wave. So as he pounds down on the ground, a shock wave emits from his feet. And everyone must make a constitution saving throw. All those wasted constitution saves on drinking wine. A 12. Uh, roll something good. <laughs> Nat one. Yeah. I drank too much oh. wine. <laughs> you all failed. God. And so. <laughs> Doug is tired. Doug is tired. <laughs> this shockwave. Um, emits from where he stomps. You are all thrown 10 feet and you take, you all take four damage and are thrown four. 10 feet. So you guys are pretty much, this isn't a very big room. Like you are all thrown pretty much as far as you can be thrown and you all take four damage. Cool, can I use Hellish Rebuke? Yeah, no, you can definitely, it, yeah. He rolled a 10, but he also has plus two to dex. He rolled a 12, a 10 would win anyway. So he so takes half damage. Huh? He takes half damage. He though, takes right? half damage. So yeah. roll your damage. So roll my damage. So I need to roll. So everyone two is thrown back and takes damage from the shockwave. But as Doug is thrown back, fire emits from his very core and splashes loot with. I've got a ten and an eight. So eighteen. So half of eighteen nine. Damn. 
I mean, for half damage, <laughs> nine at level one is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you finally did something, even I though it took you getting hit first. I know. Can I land on the bed? <laughs> no. You were thrown by a shockwave. <laughs> I know, but I... But... I'm throwing, yeah, I was throwing from the shockwave. You're throwing just, your, you're throwing your weight. Yeah. Roll me a nat twenty dexterity. <laughs> uh, land on the uh, uh, a nat twenty acrobatics. Oh, oh god. It has to be a nat twenty. It the twenty the dice itself has to say twenty, not oh. just his acrobatics. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> you do the like uh, Doug does this nice twist in the air like. He's almost beckoning everyone to look at him for how cool this is gonna be. And his head, his head hits the uh, footboard and he hits the ground. Um, but his, his hellish rebuke, the fire that he spews forward, does splash the uh, robotic bard and he goes, so hot, so hot. You must all be punished. Doug lays down in embarrassment, just groaning. Now yeah. it is Alabaster's turn. Alabaster, you are now at least 15 feet away, but you can still either, you can throw a javelin, you can run to someone's aid, you can run towards them. You have enough movement to do a movement in action to just about anyone in the room. It's not a very big room. Mendel laughs, ha ha ha! All of us have done damage to the metal man. It's your turn, my scaly princess. Can I trident him in the ass? You wanna throw a trident or you wanna run up to him? I would like to run. Okay, so Alabaster charges him, trident out, uh, roll an attack roll. An exciting one. <laughs> what is, <laughs> you stole Al our good rolls I know. the first. I, Rolling so badly, our new party of heroes. Um, Alabaster runs at, uh, Alabaster just charges with a trident out at the robotic bard. The robotic bard steps aside, opens the door, and her trident is stuck in the door. <laughs> like a cartoon. Cartoon style. Doing. Doing. <laughs> like the little thing, the door stoppers. <laughs> that does make it Mendel's turn now. Mendel, you were knocked back 10 feet, but you're only 15 feet away. You can probably figure out something to do. Mendel looks at uh, Alabaster stuck in the door, trying to pull her trident out. Uh, he says, I thought you would be doing a little bit more than this, but... Uh, how about, how about you take an example for me? And he charges forward with his hammer straight out <laughs> like a trident. Like, like, like you're gonna battering ram him? Like a battering ram. Yeah. Uh, so um, the robotic bard, uh, he's kind of watching uh, Alabaster boing boing on the door. Uh, he turns over to Mendel and his robotic eyes flash red as he's getting charged, roll an attack roll. Watch out for the red. Uh, pretty sure that's gonna hit. That's gonna be a 23. Roll some damage. You definitely ram right into him. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. What's that? What'd you roll? A 23. Oh, okay. Yes. And deals a whopping 13 damage to our Sir Loot. The hammer that Mendel rams into the robotic bard slams him against the wall. There's a slight crunching sound. The robotic bard is pretty hurt. It's not dead though. It definitely recovers. I am going to expend one of my war priest points. Yeah, so Mendel uses a war point and takes another attack. Yes! Another 23 to hit. So he's bashed up against the wall. His plating has started to crack. You take another swing and deal. 
another 13 damage. <laughs> oh, oh. This, this poor, happy, entertaining droid, it is so close to death, no. but not there yet. It is, it is a mere God. shell of its former I self. so close. Cannot stress enough. <laughs> just a, just hanging on by a thread. Doug, can you finish it? Huh. Oh, I got 16. You. Say yes. May tell us how you kill this creature, but yeah. first. Yeah. Per first, though, oh. it says. Duke, no. Don't, Duke. Today, redemption is spelled D O U G. I remember. <laughs> Duke. Duke. Did you spell Duke? D O U G. Is what I said. Does not compute. Ah. Shut your face. Uh, I plunge uh, the dagger into his right eye socket. It's Doug, bitch. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for taking my line. <laughs> <laughs> Doug slams the dagger into Lute's eye socket. And the crystal shatters as he twists it in his eye. And the creature goes lifeless. Um, it's Doug, bitch. <laughs> it is dead. You guys are done with combat. Um, Cyril peeks up from the uh, stairwell where he went to hide uh, because Doug sent him there. And he looks forward because through the open door, he sees all of his... Former children's belongings, they're caked in cobwebs. Uh, there's toys and cribs and small beds. And a blue glow shows a small boy of six and a small girl of seven, little halflings. These spirits are, they're playing patty cake and laughing and enjoying themselves. And Cyril looks over to Doug and he says... Those daggers were the ones that, that the folks downstairs used, and when they killed themselves with it, they were happy. Please give me the dagger. Just one? That's all I need to join them. To join them? Mendel, uh, Mendel smashes the man's head with the hammer. <gasps> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you trying to kill him? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. Okay. Make an attack roll. <laughs> Mandel. No. Nat 20. No. <laughs> oh my god. So uh, Mendel slams his warhammer down on Cyril's skull and it just shatters. And then Mendel bends down and says a. Uh, a quiet prayer over the man. Blessing him to be with his children in the afterlife. So I can't lay hands and heal him. No, my... his skull Fuck. is shattered. He was a peasant. He had no, he had like four hit points and like he was dead. But he was the lighthouse keeper. Um, he was. And um, what you guys don't necessarily know is, <gasps> uh, now I'm so pissed because the halflings. I was already gonna say something emo emotional about. The sauce pots as I saw the three kids. As it triggered a memory. You can still say it. But now I can't because <laughs> he's taken all the words out of me. 
Mandal! Can I go and just run and drop kick him? Yes, 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 you can. I will run and drop kick him. Right? Make an attack roll. Make an attack roll. Please let this go. An opposed strength check? No, an attack roll. He's not trying to grapple you or arm wrestle you. That's uh, a, it's an eight. <laughs> Come on! You bounce off Mendel's armor. Um, I think what Doug is trying to communicate to you, which I may be wrong, but let me give a little DM flavor here, which is... You don't know if why they exist as happy spirits is because of the magic of the daggers, or because they're dead, or because of the blue flame. Um, it could be, I, I'm not answering that question for you. Uh, it could be any number of the things. Um, he's dead now. He, he's definitely joined his children in the afterlife. Is there joy because they died, or is there joy because of other magical things that have happened? Mendel, uh, Mendel bends down, and he, he picks up Doug from off the ground and he embraces him tightly and he says it's okay brother they're all they're all together now in the grace of the gods Mendel is also now Randy Savage <laughs> <laughs> all of my muscles tighten with rage um, wait hold on I need to make my accent not southern <clears throat> at this point because now I'm very emotional it comes out the, the, the real, real Doug yeah Breaks through the halfling trained southern accent, just quivers out of existence as Doug shouts, Why did you kill him? That man was about to kill himself, little Doug. And you. you took it from. you. 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 If there's anything that I know over the time that I've been here, it's a desperate man. And what he didn't want to do was kill himself with that magic dagger. I thrash in Mendel's embrace. Uh, make, now make opposing strength checks. Athletics checks. Net 20. I'm probably <laughs> not going this is my This is my new permanent die, although it gives me once at very inopportune moments. Athletics check. It's an, you got to get a. You either 20. have to get an at twenty to to reroll, or you lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Doug thrashes and thrashes, yeah. but um, Mendel holds him tight. Um, I'm gonna say I have to force you to have an emotion, and the way I'm gonna do that is, Mendel, you roll a persuasion check, and you roll a. It's going to be a saving throw, like a wisdom saving throw, or an intelligence saving throw, or a charisma saving throw. You get to pick which one because he's trying to persuade you of something, and you're you're a human being player, so yeah. whatever one. Okay. I got an eight. That would be a ten. Uh, so I, uh... it's very rare that you have to force a player to have an emotion, but very rarely do players actually have this kind of interaction. So, um, Doug, you don't trust him now. Distrust. You guys are fine. Mendel, you either have to let him go or you have to be prepared to fight. If you let him go, you guys are fine, but you don't trust him now. I let him go. I go and stand and brood in a corner. Brooding in a corner, um, Doug does realize that there is a stairway that keeps going up in the children's closet where um, all the things were stored and where loot came from. Alabaster. You witnessed I was gonna say, your two new friends. Your two new friends. Uh, your two new friends are kind of at odds right now, okay, and you have to kind of. I'm watching, and I'm disgusted with both. I just I scour the room for food. I find animal crackers, and I eat them. Okay. 
My you can't tell me what you find. <laughs> Although, Alabaster, if I may interpret what you mean, do you want to take a short rest right now? Do you guys want to take a minute? Do you guys want to actually, like, relax and, like, regather yourselves? Sure. Uh, you guys can all heal based on your hit die. You roll your hit die plus your constitution modifier and you heal for that many hit points. Is everyone back to full health or? Yeah. Yes. Everyone kind of takes a breather. There was a hot moment. Alabaster went searching for some animal crackers. She found some. Um, <laughs> Alabaster kind of nibbles them in the corner. Were they in the, in the dusty children's room? <laughs> covered in cobwebs? I'll eat that. <laughs> <laughs> As she nibbles them, she kind of offers a little taste to uh, Doug and Mendel. They kind of come around a little bit, and... Doug suggests it the... needs more yeast. <laughs> it's a little heavy, Doug. It's a, yeah. and Doug, Doug I'm um, a bit of a food snob. Do you guys continue up the stairs? Uh, I Mendel, uh, kind of holding the side of his stomach, uh, does start to walk up the stairs. I'd like to cut him off. Just to go first, not to say anything, just just to get in front yes. of him. Okay. Well then, at least now I've got an ass to watch as I go up the stairs. <laughs> so Alabaster shoots up the stairs in front of him. Mendel doesn't really make a fuss. He just watches that scaly rump <laughs> side to side. Does it peek through whatever clothing she has, her armor? No, she's well armored, but uh, I'm just watching for any little peak, like where the base of her tail is. Right. You know what I mean? She like, doesn't really have a tail. Uh, she doesn't armor. have a tail. Um, Dragonborn don't have tails, but she has like a vestigial tail, like that little bit of a bump, which does lift the armor up just a little bit. <laughs> so you see a flash of scale. Um, there's a little bit of white, and you think Cover a little bit up. about <laughs> what you could put in that white. <laughs> More white. You guys climb the stairs. There's no, there are no more floors. Uh, you guys actually can look up and see the stairs spiral up to the very top. You guys get to the peak, and you climb out onto the surface of the peak. There's this large, you know, sort of square blocking of wood, which is now alight with a blue flame, and fog starts to pour out of the flames themselves. And you hear a scream, but not a human scream, like an animalistic. <laughs> and a glow, you guys all look up. The flame isn't coming from the, the wood. The flame is being poured onto the wood from above. There is a restrained and captured fairy dragon, a small blue dragon about the size of a house cat. It has a light blue skin, little seafoam green spots, and the wings of a butterfly. It is being squeezed by these metal apparatuses, and as it screeches, blue flames come out of it and pour onto the wood. The fog grows, and you guys all now roll initiative. I can't roll. 20. 18. 16. So you now the entire top of the signal tower is covered in fog. You guys can't see anything. You see the blue in the center, and you know that the captive fairy dragon, clearly in pain and screaming, as it pours these blue flames down. And you guys all know that a fairy dragon 
has one foot in the material realm and one foot in the fey realm, which is a very magical alternate dimension. And you hear someone not coming from where you guys are, not coming from where the dragon is, saying, it doesn't matter that you're here. You only have so much time before my plan is complete. It is now Alabaster's turn. Can I just for flavor say that while they're taking their turns, uh, Mendel has decided that he's drank too much wine and is urinating. Off the tower, in the tower. In, into the blue flame. Into the blue flame, it sparks. And <laughs> <laughs> the fairy dragon screams more. <laughs> the smell of urine. So, Alabaster, you know you know the general direction that it came from. You can charge your trident in that direction, but you will roll at disadvantage because you can't see through the fog unless you have some way to clear the fog. I don't care. I'm lactating. I hear a baby <laughs> dragon. Uh, everything is leaking right now. I have one thing on my mind. I have to save the cat dragon. Okay, so what do you want to do then? You know that the fairy dragon is above you, above the blue flame. You can see the blue flame. So do you, what do you want to do to try to forget the dragon? I just want to go fucking ham. I want to destroy everything. I want to destroy what's holding him. I want to breathe what's my holding fire. Him are, what, what's holding him are kind of metal straps, but you can't see them directly. You can either take a swing at them or you can breathe your fire and see what that does. Can I take um, my trident and try to break the straps? Yes. Roll me an attack roll against the straps. 14. Alabaster remembering with her dragon mother instincts intact, remembering before the fog took over exactly where this poor defenseless fairy dragon was strapped to, thrusts her trident upward. There's a snap as your trident, the three, like the, the three prongs, like literally hit the neck strap, then the two arm straps, just right to break them. And it flutters down. Uh, the fire goes out. And the fairy dragon lands on your shoulder and kind of nuzzles up against you and goes, It is now Doug's turn. Uh, the fog is still present, though, and there is someone here. All right, so uh, I'll take... Swing away, my little friend. Swing I'll away. Take, uh, take the rapier there. Rapier. And uh, do a horizontal swipe in that general dis- direction. Do it for the lactation. Do it. <laughs> that energizes me further. The lactation. I don't know. Right. Milk is good for baking. Milk is good for baking. <laughs> Dragon milk for baking. <laughs> How amazing. Doug has an epiphany. <laughs> and and uh... Uh, I got a 19. Oh, wait. Plus. Oh, wait. Disadvantage. Yeah, so pick the lower number of two oh, rolls. Lower number, shit. I gotta get another d20. Oh, God. Even when you roll good, I take it away from you. I know! <laughs> and this is gonna be the worst one. <laughs> it's a 10! Plus? Oh, right. You hit! Oh, yay! This is not a giant robotic bard. Um, you swing the rapier wildly. The fog starts to clear, and you hear... <laughs> and... <laughs> As the fog clears, there appears before you a an elven druid. It's an elven, it's an elf. He is draped in a blue cloak, but it's a really dark and dingy blue. Like you can tell, it doesn't want to be flashy or seen. You deal how much damage? Plus three. I got an eight. Not too shabby at all. Um, this rapier attack 
does a pretty decent sized gash in this elven druid. That does make it Mendel's turn. Ooh. Uh, you guys can't. It doesn't matter. You guys. <laughs> Mendel. Uh, Her will will be done no matter what. Mendel uh, tucks his penis back into his pants. Uh, <laughs> from the sparky a, piss. Yeah. A little a little dribble on his red robe. I'm doing my part. Because he did, didn't have time to shake it off first. And then Mendel rushes forward and tries to grapple the druid. So you want to try to hold him? Yes. Uh, opposed athletics checks. 13 for me. Lucky for you, he rolled an eight. So <laughs> you you have grappled him, which he can, with a grapple, he can still attack and whatnot, but he cannot move. Why did you, why did you make these two lovers commit suicide? They weren't lovers, you fool. They just found peace and death. The peace that we will all find if they were gone. The Legion and the Paladins were gonna destroy this continent. I saved you all by showing them what peace could be. Then is Cyril in a happy place? It's not your turn, so Marius gets to go. Uh, Marius is gonna try to break free of the grapple. Another 13. He got a 15. Marius breaks free of Mendel's grasp and he turns around and casts Charm Person. Mendel, you must make a wisdom saving throw. You want some of that dick? Oh. And he's gonna get that dick. That one. Mendel, you suddenly feel like this guy has a point. Like, uh, there would be war everywhere. <laughs> and fuck, fuck it, guys. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's right. Look, he's even stronger than me. He's even stronger than me. This little, this little guy in a dress. Unless you break out of the charm on your next turn, what this means mechanically is you cannot do anything to damage him in any way, shape, or form. You cannot Why would make I any want to? Access. This guy is great. Look, he makes he made fog. And he made blue fire. He captures dragons. Marius turns to Alabaster and says, See? He was against me just a minute ago. You too can see the light. You too can see the light, guys. Both of you. The two of you. It's your turn, Alabaster. That means nothing. That means nothing. I mean, you could join me. I mean, us. Us. Your friend is totally of his own free will right now. Um, us. Yes. Yes, I am. Us. I agree. All right. Well, my dragon instincts are so super maternal right now. They're tingling. My dragon senses are tingling. I got a, I got a javelin. Uh, roll an attack. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, the elven druid just kind of does a weird, like, hula hip side. Uh, and the, the, the trident just kind of misses. And he says, you should have joined us. Um, you could have been a part of the, the free new world. Uh, Mendel says, <laughs> you should have seen her earlier get stuck in a door. <laughs> a good one, Mindy. We're best friends now. I go for the <laughs> I go for the high five. Yeah. He high fives Mindy. Um and the uh the the elf looks at his former fairy dragon on uh, Alabaster's shoulders and says, "Right Copernicus?" And Copernicus goes, <laughs> "Not digging it." Um bad Copernicus. It's Doug's turn now though. I'll take another slash at your face. 17. 
You definitely hit. I'll Roll me some damage. And it's an eight. With the blue flame dagger in my left hand, I do a little jabby jab. 14. 14 attack? Yeah. You hit. Yay. So you slash him with what a rapier, this? and then you just shank him in the side. What not according to plan. <laughs> no, not my new friend. Mindy. Wake up. Don't let now. him do this to me. I'll help you on my next turn. Oh, snap. I got a four for damage. Nice. Um, this elf is looking pretty sh pretty damaged, but still definitely okay enough to do some stuff. That does make it Mendel's turn. Mendel, to be clear, you don't, you cannot hurt the elven druid, but you do not have to hurt your friends either. I don't want to hurt anyone because I just want everyone to join the light. And the... he casts Vigilant Guardian on the druid. You, sir, are now my ward. Uh, claiming the druid to be his ward and now under his protection. Oh, I am cleansed by the light. Oh, yes. See how everyone comes to us in our cause. Join us. Now make a... You can make a wisdom saving throw to try to break out of it. What the shit, Vindy? That is going to be a three. No. Nope. Oh, you are still charmed. An eight. You're still true. <laughs> that did not help you. So Mendel is now protecting uh, the elf druid and is still charmed. And so that actually makes it Alabaster's turn again. Can I do anything with my dragon? Uh, you can roll me either an animal handling or an arcana check. Nine. The dragon, the dragon holds on to you. Uh, it clearly still enjoys being with you, but it doesn't know what you want it to do. It, it You didn't quite nail it this time. It, it's clearly like listening and focused on you. It wants you to be able to tell it what to do, but you didn't get it just, you didn't get it this time. But you can still do your regular action though. I'll still let you do your, that was a bonus action, I'll say. Get him. You attacking? Get him, Allie. Yeah. Alabaster's gonna take that trident. Get him, Allie. Trident or breast milk. It's now canon. Um, I'm fine with that, actually. We're just going to go with it. Uh, you, but, but instead of lactating, you produce six small eggs okay. out of your teeth. Uh. Uh. Okay. Uh. Enjoy it. Embrace. Oh, God. Like the mounds. Maybe, are maybe the light now. doesn't need everybody. You don't have boobs because now the eggs have come out. Maybe, maybe did you attack? <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing eggs. Uh. What, did you, what did you roll? Actually, as a reaction... Uh, if I am, am I within five feet of my ward? Oh yeah. Uh, when my ward is the target of an attack, I may use my reaction to swap places with my ward, and I am now the new target of the attack. You're gonna get acid breast milk, man. I just imagine he's just like. So Alabaster starts. Like, Alabaster starts blasting acid eggs. dragon eggs. eggs. No, and, not my new friend. And uh, Mendel does the Secret Service leap in front of the bullets. And Get down, Mr. President. What's what? Well, what's the attack roll? Do they hit him? Mendel, I did not want to hit you, but I rolled a fifteen. Uh, that is not. I don't think you hit him. Is not yeah. hit. No. They. We're gonna say that they just shatter <laughs> they, on the armor they, and he's they protected. Fall short. Yeah. They fall <laughs> There's this whole dramatic scene, and it falls short of everything. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the attack for Alabaster. That makes it Doug's turn. No, um, 
My ward protected me as he always should. It's a 15. Do I hit? Oh no, you don't hit because I swap places with my ward again as a reaction when you target him for an attack. Uh, And my AC is 18, so you do not hit me. Okay, with my dagger, can I toss that at him? At the other guy? After swiping over this way, it switched places with Mindel, so now Mindel is who I'm attacking, but then... I think the idea, though, is that Mindel takes the physical position of... Yeah. Meaning, then I throw the dagger back at the other guy. He's behind me, though. Oh, like oh I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, he jumps oh, yeah, yeah. me. You mean I can't curve the bullet? Yeah. Like in the <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, because you get two attacks. Roll the second one to hit him. It won't hit Mendel. But can I deflect it? You can roll a disadvantage to see if on the second attack only without your bonuses, if it hits. Disadvantage, so I gotta roll two. Marius the elf. It's a six. <laughs> nope, mine doesn't do it. This really sucks for you guys yeah, that I he know. charmed me. What have you done? Out of all the people that he could have charmed, like Mindy. We will rejoice when the world is reborn in her presence. Bless the light. She Bless is, the light. She is glory. The light she is glorious. Is glorious. The light is glorious. Wait, is there a window we can jump out of while you guys are singing this chant? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're just. We I mean, you guys are at the top it. of a tower. Like, you can jump anytime you. Like, on your turn, if you want to jump out of the tower, you can try to do that. That's Mental, not recommended. Uh, <laughs> Mendel continues to sing, Rejoice in the light, it brings us all together. And he goes to hug Marius and dance with Marius. Marius brings it in and it just has a good time with Mendel. You know, I've been looking for this kind of like uh, gratification for a while and no one ever really knows what I'm trying to do. And I feel like I really have a vision for myself, but people just don't get it, you know? Like, I'm gonna roll like, my wisdom check. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I mean, you know Bless what I mean? the light, the light is good. I love Marius, bringer of the good news. Right? Uh, that makes it Marius' turn. Marius pulls away from Mendel's sweet dancing embrace for a moment and holds a hand out Spider-Man style and poison sprays directly at Alabaster. And Alabaster must make a constitution saving throw. I got a three, guys. (laughs) We got a three total. <laughs> Fuck! A fucking three? You cult! Fudge. You take what? 10 damage. <gasps> oh my god. Oh shit. <laughs> fucking poison. Poison gas just envelops Alabaster and she starts to feel really sick. I, I believe she's not dead, but she's very close. I'll say. And that makes it Alabaster's turn. If you'd have only come to the light sooner, my scaled goddess, we'd be together. Oh, Mendel, but you got us into this goddamn mess. And the light can get us out as long as you join too. Fuck your light. Alabaster touched herself. (laughs) I touched myself good. Where did you touch yourself? I I grabbed my ankles. (laughs) And... (laughs) 
So Alabaster just, just after taking a pretty heavy blow, just grabs her ankles. <laughs> and the glow from her palms and the holy light of Bahamut restores five hit points. <laughs> and um, power. that makes it Doug's turn. Can I hit Mindel out of his trance? Uh, you can try. What do you want to say or do to do that? I kind of want to give him a swift slap across the face. So you want to slap him, and do you want to tell him anything? <laughs> this is for your own good. <laughs> Come to the dark side. I, I'll hit him with the, the, the pummel of my, with my... You want to hit him with the pummel of your dagger or your dagger rapier? Or rapier, yeah. Because um, I don't want to kill him, despite him angering me quite so. But Do you think you can say anything related to your guys' experience? Like that you need to know more, or that you need to settle a score with him, or that you want to kill him yourself, you know, either end of the spectrum. Give me a very specific description, because I'm here. Of what I'm, I'm going to give you advantage or disadvantage based on what you tell him when you hit him with the dagger. You better wake your ass up right now, because I have a score to settle with you. You fucking killed Cyril. Wake the fuck up. And with that, Doug smashes the hilt of the magical dagger right into his nose, uh, Mendel's nose. Doug, give me a intimidation check with advantage. And Mendel, give me a wisdom saving throw at disadvantage. Uh, 10. Oh, what? Heavens, 19. You smash Mendel, his nose starts to bleed. You do have to deal your regular unarmed damage. What's your what's your dexterity modifier? Three. You deal three damage to Mendel, but Mendel is free of charm. Woo! Ow, damn it, Doug! Did you just hit me in the fucking nose? What's wrong with you, man? Just in time for it to be Mendel's turn. We don't have time I'm for this. I'm so confused right now. You were part of the light. You were part of her glorious vision. Part of the light? Whose vision? This guy I mean, I, I, drugged you with his shit. No, I opened up about my insecurities and he kind of came to my side. I mean, you all were there, right, Copernicus? Right, Copernicus? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Mendel. Mendel just swings with his hammer at this little man. Make an attack roll. <laughs> I will forgive you if there you we go. destroy him in this one. <laughs> 26. You definitely oh hit. How much damage do you do this guy? So, uh, yeah, Mendel breaks out of it after being smashed in the nose and taking a little bit of damage. He immediately comes to terms, swings his hammer, slams right into Marius. Um, 11. 11. Marius... Falls to the ground, but he's holding himself up just with the last threads of his life. And just in time for Marius' turn, he laughs. You were always weak. You didn't see what you had before you lost it, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna prove you wrong because all of the clerics are gonna love me where you didn't, okay? And he, um... So jealous. <laughs> 
He casts Thorn Whip on his fairy dragon, Copernicus. Oh no! And so, a mystical whip of thorns stretches out from his hand, and this is me playing against myself for a second. The thorn, the, the magical whip of thorns reaches out from his hand, goes towards the fairy dragon, but the fairy dragon leans its head to the right, just enough to nuzzle against Alabaster, and the whip misses. I would like to use... He uh, pulled back. Uh -huh. I would like to use my sentinel feet to take a reaction <clears throat> and make a melee attack against a target that is within five feet of me that has attacked someone else other than me. Make an attack roll. He's distracted by the thorn whip. Is it 12? Mm, no. <laughs> I had to check because it's very close to that, but no. You, Again, out of anger, I swipe and miss. The thorn whip misses the Copernicus, the fairy dragon. It pulls back. Marius sees that his former best friend, like, for life, like, why would you do that to me? Um, takes a swing at him, but he dodges out of the way, and now it's Alabaster's turn. I gotta, I gotta javelin him right through the mouth hole for doing that. Throw that fucking javelin. Okay. Five. <laughs> Twenty-five. That's uh, all maternal instinct. What's your What's your damage modifier? Plus four. Four. Okay, so you don't have to roll damage because plus four does it. Um. Uh. After the thorn whip goes at. Uh, Alabaster's new fairy dragon, and it dodges out of the way, and Mendel takes a swing, but Marius thinks he's so cool as he, like, shoulder dips out of the way. He turns back full force at Alabaster, and he goes to make another thorn whip because he's going to get this fucking dragon. But as quick as lightning, Alabaster throws a javelin, and it sinks itself right through his mouth. <laughs> and he falls fucking dead. Like, Damn! You have killed it. The You have killed this son of a bitch elf. The blue fire is gone. Um, there is now a fairy dragon sitting nuzzling against Alabaster's shoulder and head making nice little meow sounds. And you guys can see over the ramparts of the signal tower uh, that the two armies that you saw earlier when you first arrived are now making their way to the Stony Bridge. They're starting to cross. So on the right-hand side, uh, from their perspective, so your left, uh, <laughs> let's be very specific here. Um, they are the Legionnaires, and on the other side are the Paladins. And just about, like, they should be leading the line, but they're not really leading the line because they're super fucking hungover. Are Richter on the Paladin side and Daedalus on the <laughs> Legionnaire side. And the fire has gone out. Um, the mayor, Harold Hunderbum, is at the head of the armies where the other two leaders should be, but aren't because they're hungover. And he points up to the top and says, hey, look at those guys. They killed them. They're the murderers. 
And that's where we'll end the game. That little <laughs> son of a bitch. Thank you all for listening to Character Arcana, our monthly Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Character Arc. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Please do review the podcast and share with your friends. That'll help people find us and help us keep doing what we're doing. This is a monthly podcast that will be in addition to our weekly movie podcast. If you want to see both of them, this podcast will be available in the regular Character Arc podcast feed. If you want to just isolate the D&D podcast, you can find us at Character Arcana. Just search Character Arcana on your favorite podcasting app. I'm sorry we don't have a real proper introduction where everyone can say goodbye to you, but I, I did include all of the wonderful cast's social media handles in the episode description. So please take a look. Um, I would like to thank very much Ted Hong, Abby Bryington, and Nick Slake. And please join us next time on Character Arcana. 